Hey, this is Evan Mark Katz, dating coach for smart, strong, successful women, and your personal trainer for love. Welcome to the Love You podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about discovering the best type of man to date. Yes, there is a specific type of man that you should be dating, and today I'm going to be talking about it. When we're done, I'll let you know how you can join Love You to find a relationship that makes you feel safe, heard, and understood. Uh, without further ado, I want to talk insight today, something that I've been sitting on for a few months because I found it really harrowing, maybe a little bit disturbing about the kind of men that a lot of women find the most attractive men in the world. Uh, I don't put myself out as an example of one of those men. Uh, I, I, I think I did okay when I was dating, but there is a level of alpha male that exists out in the universe who is taller and richer and cuter uh, and more charismatic than I am. And I'm talking about him today. If you find that you're attracted to those kind of guys, and I don't blame you, they are objectively attractive, this podcast is for you. So a couple months back, um, actually it wasn't a couple months back, it was, it was actually about a year ago uh, that, I, that I reflect on this properly. I went to Las Vegas with um, probably my closest guy friend. It's weird to say best friend when you're in your 50s, but he's my closest guy friend. Uh, he's probably nine years older than I am. Um, and he's got a really checkered history uh, with women. Um, divorced alcoholic, first partner, divorced alcoholic, second partner. I'm not trying to throw them under the bus or, or say anything negative. Those happen to be the facts. And so he spent 55 years in highly dysfunctional relationships, which does not make him innocent at all. Um, I use this as sort of a, a bit of a teaching tool, but this is a guy who's, who's very, very good with women. Um, attractive women has had lots and lots of experience. Um, and I, I, again, I, I look up to him in many ways as a businessman and as a father. Between the two of us, I'm, I'm the one who's got the, the better history with relationships. So um, I bring this guy up is because we decided to go to Vegas and we had a really great time uh, last year. We we saw Billy Joel and because it's him, he snagged second row tickets and we went and shot machine guns and we played craps and we went to some really fine dining establishments uh, that you can do in Vegas with the $120 steaks and stuff like that. So we had this really, really wonderful guy bonding weekend. And at the very end of the weekend, we had a conversation that just stuck with me that I'm sharing with you today. He says, um, Evan, you're my only friend that I could have gone on this weekend with. And I was like, well, what, do you, what do you mean? You've got plenty of friends. He goes, no, no, no. You're the only guy that I could go with on this trip who the second he got to Vegas wouldn't be trying to figure out how to get the escorts and what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas and let's head to the strip club and go to the champagne room and which again is not to, to tout my moral authority. That's not the reason I'm telling you the story. His experience of being in the 1% of 1% of rich, good-looking guys, he says everybody he knows is like that. 
like there's this direct correlation between the guy who is the most impressive guy who has everything on paper and also, not surprisingly, thinks the rules don't apply to him. Have you ever met such a guy who thinks the rules don't apply to him? Which is why he does shady things at work and gets into conflicts with people relatively frequently and maybe cheated in the past but swears he's never going to do it again, etc., etc. And so I only outline this story, once again, not to tout myself and my own moral virtue. I'm sharing a story from a very close friend who has insight that I don't have. I actually hang out with people who are kind of like me. Guys who might have been a little dorky in high school who figured it out as adults and put it together and became very happily married suburban dads, right? Like that's, that's my crowd. If you like guys like me, you're in the right place. I could help you get one. But if you're really aspiring to try to date a guy who's in that next tier, the guy who is the self-made millionaire, the guy who travels 20 weeks a year, the guy who's had hundreds of women, right? And get him to stop traveling, be home at five, commit to you, prioritize you first, be sensitive to your emotional needs. I'm only pointing out that that's a highly risky bet. And there is, there's a risk reward continuum, right? Maybe someone would feel like they have to settle for a guy who is normal looking, right? Or is just generically intelligent and successful instead of off the charts. And well, we all have to make these kind of calculations in life. I want you to get everything that you're looking for. I certainly don't want you to be, to settle. If you go to evanmarkatz.com and click on love you love stories, I look at all those happy couples and I don't think any of them settled or feels bad about the decisions that they made. If anything, they, they got past all this turmoil of dating the wrong guy over and over and thinking that their love is going to be the, per the thing that finally changes him. And so instead of thinking about what you're settling on or what you're compromising on, why don't you think about what you gain? You've been in a relationship with a guy you couldn't trust. How did that feel? I would imagine it felt really tiring to be in a relationship with someone you didn't trust. You're in a relationship with a guy who was verbally abusive or critical, right? yelled at you, embarrassed you. How did that feel? You've been in a relationship where you couldn't resolve conflict easily and there'd be making up and breaking up and fighting, silent treatments, intense makeup sex, guessing games, who's going to text whom next. It's tiring. So when you give up the idea that you're going to date the guy who is the master of the universe, well, it opens up the world to the other 99% of people. And remember, and love you, we're saying you could lop off 90%. Right? Most guys are not right for you. The message of this is never to settle. Right? Never, 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 never. If you think you hear me saying that, you are not listening to what I'm actually saying. So the message is never to settle. It's to make smart compromises that lead to greater happiness than the happiness you have now and the happiness you've had dating these kinds of guys and trying to change them. Right? So you find a guy who's got a little less ego, who's a little less controlling, who's a little less busy, who's a little less domineering, who's a little less my way or the highway. And you find a guy who puts you first and says, yes, dear, more often because he values you, he values your opinion, he wants to know you as a person. And you realize life just got a whole lot better, whole lot better, because you now have a partner 
who is going to enable you to achieve your dreams and make you feel safe, heard, and understood. Right? But what did you actually give up? The fantasy that the, the, the Tiger Woodses of the world and the Bill Clintons of the world are suddenly going to be good husbands, even if they're impressive people. So we create this false binary, and everybody does create this false binary of choosing between these two different guys. And, and I've outlined this before, but there's the guy who I'm talking about on this podcast, right? And if you're not choosing him, then you're going to end up with some guy who's boring and stupid and lazy and has no opinions, and you're not going to be happy, and you're going to feel like you, every second of the day you settled. And you've created this false binary world where that's not actually the case. Most people don't fall into one of these two camps. But I do understand what it feels like to believe that. I ask you, look at your friends who are happily married. If you don't have happily married friends, that should also be somewhat telling. But think of your friends who are happily married. Right? What does that relationship look like? What does that relationship feel like? What's the dynamic between the couple? I don't think you're going to find too many women who married the uber alpha male. Right? And apart from getting a really nice house and really nice vacations, got a better deal. I'm going to encourage you to consider that option. Right? Because if you are my client, Smart, strong, successful woman, you're in the top 5-10% of everything already. All right. So there's this belief that you need to do better, you need to do more than you, or you're not going to respect him. All I'm suggesting is there's plenty of guys who are just like you who are out there, all right, who have no idea that you exist. They're dating on dating sites, <laughs> and they're losing out to these guys who have harems of women. <laughs> and you know it because you know you're part of the harem of women because he doesn't call you. And he doesn't text you consistently and he doesn't treat you well and he doesn't take his profile down and he sleeps with you without ever escalating to become boyfriend or husband. That's how you know that you're not the priority. So finding a guy who's in the, you know, in the top quartile of looks, intelligence, all these other things, but also treats you well, also prioritizes you, also puts you first, also listens to your needs. Now you've got a guy who's actually a great partner in reality, instead of just on paper. If we could just change this guy who cheats on me in Vegas to be a guy who doesn't cheat on me in Vegas, everything will be clear. <laughs> that's not how it works. And that's not coming from me. That's coming from someone who's on the inside who knows these guys. Right? I'm his only friend that he felt comfortable going to Vegas with because otherwise this guy who had a serious relationship at the time would be put in a compromising position. That should be food for thought. So if the idea of having a man who really takes care of you, who has integrity, who is honest, right, who's going to give you the life that you actually dream of, if that appeals to you, go to www.evanmarkkatz.com forward slash apply. Watch my free video on how to fix your broken man picker. I'll give you a little formula. By the time you're done with that formula, you will be inspired. You'll apply to love you. I'll get you the relationship you deserve. Next, we're going to talk about one small win in Love You. We celebrate small wins. You don't go and find your husband on your first, your first swipe right. It's a series of small wins that leads to a positive outcome. Today's small win is from a client. Uh, we'll name her Cheryl. She says, I'm working the funnel. The funnel is the process by which we screen and filter men. There's a whole bunch of guys at the top. And then we weed them out based on effort and, um, and, and quality. 
So I'm working the funnel. I'm having conversations with men online. They're leading to phone calls, but they're not leading to dates. It's good though, because it helps to know, okay, I don't need to go on the date. So this is what we're doing. The goal is not to get you on more dates for volume. Dating for dating sake sucks. The goal is to get you on a high quality pre-screen date with a guy who's already bought in, who already likes you, who's earned the right to take you to dinner and drinks on a Saturday night. And if you're swiping and texting on a whole bunch of people and you lead to a phone call to see if there's a connection, instead of going on a coffee date to do the same thing, you lead to a phone call and the phone call doesn't go anywhere, great, you just avoided a bad date. That's a win, not a loss. Otherwise, you would be on a bad date and say, oh my God, I hate this. The whole purpose of the phone call is to avoid the bad date. That is your small win that you could take into your real life right now. Now, my recommended read for the week comes, it's a, it's a study actually, I wanna talk about it. And it comes from someone that I really like and I really respect. Um, I got two weeks in my, my Love You course on alpha males versus beta males, sort of theme from today's podcast, masculine versus feminine energy, trying to find that balance. Where am I on this scale? What kind of guy is gonna be a good compatible fit for me? Um, and so it's always dangerous to turn people into alpha or beta, right? I, I led with that, right? There's, there's a whole spectrum of men, right? I'm somewhere on the spectrum of men. The guy I was talking about is further on that spectrum of men. And then there's guys who are lazy, weak, needy, insecure. They're not even part of the conversation, right? We're trying to find guys in this really, really narrow lane, right? Top 10% of men, not just in terms of how they look or how much money they make or their intelligence, but also in terms of emotional intelligence. So this article lends more to that conversation, which is why I'm excited to share it with you today. Um, my observation, uh, and this is in Love You, is that women don't just want, they, they definitely don't want to date jerks, right? There's, that's the nice guy theory. Women just like dating jerks and assholes. That's not true, right? At the same time, a guy can't just nice his way into your heart. You don't want to just date a nice guy. That won't be satisfying. You know that there's more out there than the nice guy. And so what are we looking for? We're looking for the what women sometimes call the nice guy with edge, what I call the nice guy with balls, it's kind of the same thing. It's a guy who's fundamentally a nice person, trustworthy, honest, considerate, consistent, right? But he has his own opinions. He doesn't put you up on a pedestal, right? He doesn't act weak and needy all the time. He marches to the beat of his own drummer. And in addition to that, he's also an amazing partner. The guy exists, I promise you. So this article comes from Scott Barry Kaufman, host of the Psychology Podcast. You could click on the link in the show notes to uh, read the article in full. It's really, really good. Very long. Uh, it's, it's, termed, it's called The Myth of the Alpha Male. And I quote, One study, not a big study, but I think it's also telling, found that only one woman, one woman out of the 50 undergrad, undergraduates in their sample actually identified dominant as one of the traits she sought in either an ideal mate or a romantic partner. For the rest of the dominant adjectives in this study, the two big winners were confident, 72 to 74% wanted a man who was confident, and assertive, 48% sought this trait for an ideal date, 36% sought assertive was a good trait for an ideal romantic partner. Not one woman wanted a demanding male, 
and only 12% wanted an aggressive person for a date and a romantic partner. So we, and this, this makes sense, this tracks. Um, women don't crave dominance because by virtue of dominance, especially my clients, smart, strong, successful women, if you have a guy who's dominant, that would in turn make you submissive, right? And there's one place where you might want to be submissive, but this isn't the place we're talking about. In a relationship, you don't want to be number two to some guy, right? Who is your equal and your partner is supposed to take care of you, right? So nobody wants dominance, but we do like the traits that are associated with dominance. That's where this whole thing gets tricky. There's what you're attracted to, Strong, fearless, leader, confident. That, of course, is attractive, attractive. But sometimes that leads with a guy who is a selfish know-it-all. A guy who is domineering. A guy who really doesn't want to hear your opinion or doesn't weigh your opinion as equally as his own in making decisions for the two of you as a couple. You've seen this a million times. So women don't want dominant men, but they do gravitate towards confident men, some of whom are domineering. Yes, yes, good. The nudge that we're doing here is to try to retrain you to find a guy who is confident, but is fundamentally agreeable and wants to make you happy instead of a person who sees himself as the sun and you're just a mere planet revolving around him. I trust that feels good as well. So. As the study continues, in terms of non-dominant adjectives, right? And these are the traits that in love you, I'm encouraging you to look for. We now have social science to back it up, people. This isn't just my theories. In terms of non-dominant adjectives, the big winners for women we're looking for. Easygoing. 68% saw this trait for an ideal date. 64% for an ideal partner. Sensitive. 80, sorry, 76% saw this trait for an ideal date and an ideal romantic partner. Not one woman wanted a submissive male for a date or romance. Other low-ranked non-dominant adjectives were shy and quiet. Women don't want shy, quiet guys. Understood. So did you catch that? The traits that you really, really want, easygoing and sensitive. Do they describe most of the men that you're dating? No, because there's a difference between what you're attracted to and what you know in your head is actually good for you. And all we're trying to do on this podcast and in Love You is square that, find the overlap in that Venn diagram where you can get both of those needs met. So Kaufman says, this analysis was revealing because it suggests dominance could take on many forms. The dominant male who is demanding, violent, and self-centered was not considered attractive to most women, duh. Whereas the dominant male who is assertive and confident is considered attractive. So the guy who calls and makes a plan for Saturday night, the guy who follows up after the date to say, when can I see you again? The guy who makes the first move, so you don't have to make the first move. These are all things that most women find attractive as well you should. And there's no contraindication between those traits and a person who's actually kind. It's when we go too far off that scale, right? And then we end up with someone who's got narcissistic personality disorder. So these results, sorry, I'm, I, I jumped a paragraph. 
This isn't news. Women want the nice guy with edge. He exists, but you have to avoid the men on both of these extremities, lest you find yourself with someone who's too controlling or too passive. And this is the core message of Love You. As I said, everybody comes here thinking that there's two sets of men. There's assholes who just want sex and losers and lazy guys and guys with no job and no opinion and no self-esteem. And as long as I do this podcast, I'm going to keep on reminding you that the only place you could be happy is in between those two poles. Those are not the only two men out there. Anybody in a miserable relationship has experienced both of those men. And there's a tendency to overcorrect. I gave a chance to the nice guy, Evan, and he he couldn't make a decision. He didn't hold down a job. He, he was terrible in bed. Didn't tell you to be with him. Sampling one guy who's nice doesn't mean you give up on nice as a trait. No more than dating a guy who has money. That means that every guy with money is a dick. No one's saying that either. Right? Everything is about moderation. Everything's about balance. So these results suggest that sensitivity and assertiveness are not opposites. In fact, further research suggests that the combination of kindness and assertiveness might be the most attractive pairing. So if you're trying to dial in when you're going out with guys, what is it that I'm looking for? These things could be readily apparent. Kindness and assertiveness. That is the thing that most people are attracted to. That is the thing that most people respect. And that's actually a paradigm that continues to work down the road. Um, Kaufman steers us away from dominance in his article to what he calls prestige. And now we're really kind of getting into the weeds and talking about the different terminology because it gets fuzzy between masculine and assertive and dominant. And the, the terms tend to overlap a little bit. So... Here's how he frames it. Prestige is paved with accomplishment, confidence, and success. Good. It's fueled by authentic pride. This is what genuine self-esteem is about. Someone who loves themselves enough to know that the only way to succeed in life is to be kind to people. Success doesn't mean putting other people down or dominating them. That's authentic pride. So that's why there are some amazing leaders out there, really captains of industry who've done amazing things and also have beautiful families. That is possible. It's not a one or the other, but it has to come from genuine pride, genuine accomplishment. Authentic pride is associated with agreeableness, conscientiousness, satisfying interpersonal relationships, and positive mental health. This is genuine self-esteem, considering yourself a person of value, not considering yourself superior to others. Now, hopefully that doesn't sound like a pipe dream because it's not. This is, again, this is the land where all the happily married people land. These are the kind of men who make for the best husbands. You're not just looking for a boyfriend. You're looking for a man. And if you're looking for a man, he needs to be agreeable, conscientious, right? And have positive mental health. Once again, think of men you've dated in the past. Conscientious, agreeable, positive mental health, the terms we used earlier, sensitive. These are important things that women know make for great traits, but don't always choose in that 
online dating, especially online apps where these traits are not necessarily rewarded. And we already know, right, based on what I said earlier in the podcast, from your life experience and from this study, dominant individuals were found to have lower levels of genuine self-esteem, social acceptance and agreeableness, and higher levels of narcissism, aggression, agency, disagreeableness, and conscientiousness. Dominant individuals were rated by their peers as higher in athleticism and leadership, but lower in altruism, cooperativeness, helpfulness, ethicality, and morality. Which, as I said, is what makes me the guy that my buddy went to Vegas with, right? As opposed to all the other guys in his group of 99th percentile alpha males who can, who can, yeah, I don't need to elaborate on what that crowd is like or what that crowd does. So understand, people with genuine confidence don't need to dominate. They see the value of getting along, humility, putting other people's needs first. Confidence doesn't have to be showy. It can even be quiet. You might not value a quiet guy, but a guy doesn't need to be the boss to have a quiet confidence because he believes in himself. He could be your rock, even if he's not a, a leader of men. All he has to do is be secure and show you how to be secure in a relationship and you have something worth building. There's always this question, do I have to be with a guy who's like, like me or more like me? And the answer is no, right? If you're somewhat like me, and if you are a smart, strong, successful woman, I'm banking on the fact that you are. I didn't marry my clone, right? You don't need to marry your clone. You need to be with someone who is a great balance for you. And that balance means, hey, if you're really dynamic and you're always coming up with the coolest restaurant in town to be at the opening night, he doesn't have to be that person. He just has to be the person who sounds says, great, what should I wear? not the same exact person. It's a person who sees you and enables you to be your best self. So these results show that dominance and prestige represent the very ways, very different ways of obtaining and maintaining status. But it's also worth noting once again, the overlap. Strength, leadership, kindness, and morality can exist in the same person. Strict categories of alpha and beta truly set up a false dichotomy that obscures what a man is capable of becoming. And taken together, the research suggests that the ideal man is one who is assertive, confident, easygoing, and sensitive without being aggressive, demanding, dominant, quiet, shy, or submissive. In other words, he's a prestigious man, not a dominant man. He is the nice guy with balls, everything we teach you about, and how to get that guy in love you. Good job. Thanks for sticking with me. Um, today's Love You Love story is a favorite one. You could find it on my website. Uh, her name is Jackie. Uh, I always love reading the success stories at the end of your emails. I'm thrilled to report you have another. In September, I married the love of my life. He isn't what I pictured. Seven years older than me with a teenage daughter, works in the trades, work, makes less than me. But he's kind. He adores me. He makes me feel safe, heard, and understood. Those exact words were included in my vows. Your words that stuck with me throughout my journey of finding him. Early on, there were moments where I couldn't run for the hills like many before had because he was intense. His home was a mess. But your voice was in my head and I liked him enough to see it through and I'm so glad I did. 
He's a gem. We've built a life together that gives me so much joy. Thank you, Evan, for your sage advice, for keeping my spirits up when I thought I'd never find him. Keep doing what you do. Women need you to bring clarity and hope that he is indeed out there. Much love, Jackie and Nick. Are you the woman who has everything except a man? You can have the relationship of your dreams and you don't have to change to get it. In Love You, you will gain confidence, let go of unhealthy relationship patterns, learn to trust your judgment, understand and attract quality men, assess long-term compatibility, and create a passionate, unconditionally loving relationship with a partner who puts you first, never lets you down, and always makes you feel safe, heard, and understood. Go to www.evanmarkcats.com and click on the Apply for Coaching button to get started.